0: Wait, way to go. Oh, you already turned 90. Yeah, I sure did. And I just fucking just horked right in the Oh, my...
1: it was absolutely revolting, my man. I hate mouth sounds. It it's going to be one gross. One of the grossest things that I think we might have ever put onto the internet. Hey, everybody, <laughs> welcome to Horror Vomit-ish. Our, uh uh This <laughs> can, continues our... Our uh, general interest podcast, as we are standing with uh, actors and writers who are getting fucked by the studios. Don't light that cigarette backwards, James. I won't. And uh, again, we recognize we're not part of the union. We don't have to, but uh, fuck the studios, because man, are they evil sons of bitches. Damn the man. So uh, we've decided to branch off a little and just talk about things that we like. Maybe uh, spread some positivity. Absolutely, because we're not always sunshine and rainbows. Some sometimes we really hate Rob Zombie. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Sure do. Oh, so uh.
1: Just as a recap, last week, James talked about uh, Boogaloo and Salsa, and yes. I discussed Judas Priest. Indeed, indeed. So, uh, I think since you went first last week, I think it's only fitting that I uh, start this episode. All with, right. With something that I've been into
0: Hell yeah. lately. Hey, James. hmm
1: I got a question for you.
0: You always do. What are your favorite breakfast cereals? I'm going to be boring as fuck here, dude. I like... Rice Krispies and Bananas, Cheerios and Bananas, and Raisin Bran. Ooh. That's See, it. See, now I, uh,
1: I, I, I have a different approach because I have a favorite adult cereal. Ooh. Because sometimes you, if you need to eat cereal, like I used to eat a lot of cereal working in kitchens. Because uh-huh. you get home, it's hot as fuck. I don't want to make anything cereal. So you've got your distinctions, obviously, with breakfast cereals, you've got your adult cereals, and mm. you've got your just sugar bomb fucking cereals. And obviously, there's a middle ground in there, but I have to say, I think my favorite adult cereal, mm-hmm. and I've got some inside if you'd like to take some home to try this, yes. is a cereal known as Blueberry Morning.
0: Blueberry Morning. Yes. That sounds like hippy-dippy granola some bullshit.
1: Well, it is uh, like... Uh, Raisin, like, bran flakes mm-hmm. with some nut clusters, Ooh. S- some uh, slivered almonds, Ooh, and dehydrated roughage. blueberries. Ruffage. Now, those flakes, they're lightly sweetened, Ooh. James. And th- I think that is my, the draw of the adult cereal, is it has to be lightly sweetened. Mm-hmm. Because with nothing, it's trash. Right. It's fucking garbage. Right. Uh, but with too much when you don't really just want a bowl of sugar, just a very lightly sweetened, like any kind of flake,
0: I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then For, you've got the crunch. You've got, you've got several textures, and as it sits in the milk, you've got soggy and crunch.
1: And now that is where I think uh, blueberry morning absolutely shines, because not only is it good when you pour a fresh bowl,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but you give it a minute, and the... Texture from all of that, the clusters don't really get too soft. Almonds, almonds right. don't get super-duper soft. So you get your usual bit of sog, but with your, still your crunch in there. Plus the chewiness of mm-hmm. those uh, dehydrated blueberries that have been sitting in that cold-ass milk. Oh, hell yeah. Man, it is, it is a real delight, James.
0: It is like a real tarted-up raisin bran, homie.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, and it is one of those things that like you eat a bowl of it and you can't help but feel like an adult. Mm -hmm. You're like, man, I ate something that was, I don't want to say good for me, because probably not, Mm -hmm. but it
0: wasn't just absolute trash. And it's not so granola crunchy, you don't feel like buying a Patagonia vest right afterwards. Exactly. Gotcha. Can you get a new bike rack for your car? Yeah. Yeah, no.
1: I'm not doing any of that to enjoy a cereal. Absolutely Absolutely not. And like I said, man, it is the perfect balance of sweetness Mm -hmm. but if you don't want that like kind of burst of sugar just eat a couple of the flakes because they're lightly sweetened and then if you want a little bit more get some of them blueberries in there boy Mm. it's dude i i cannot stress this enough it is a real delight i'm gonna have to give it a shot man it is absolutely fantastic now here is where i i fall into this though I am pretty much ambivalent about the uh, cereals in the middle, in between your adult and your just, like, total sugar bomb kid cereals. Well, what do you—I mean, we we'll take a look. We got, what, Chex? Uh, see, I would say Chex is more of your, like, plain adult cereal. I mean, obviously, they have Trusted different— Frosted Chex. Yeah, like— even Frosted Flakes, I would put in that middle, like...
0: Like Cinnamon croast, Toast Crunch, would you say, is a I medium? I would say
1: that's kind of a sugar bomby. I was okay. thinking more like, like Honey grams. Okay. And your, uh, like, Kix are like kind of yeah, like yeah. sweetened, but a little bit more so than your adult cereals.
0: See, I always thought of Kix as a sugar-bomb. See, I, I don't, but I could be wrong. But my, now I'm the like difference a corn is... Pop. A Corn Pop, yeah. I don't see as being a total sugar-bomb. Well, you've got to understand that my cereal experience as a child... <laughs> was uh was colored by uh, a touch of poverty there so i i got a lot of popeyes puffed wheats well yeah, yeah. and i got a lot of cheerio ish things and
1: right but here's the thing even as a kid though you knew what they were supposed to be you knew what the name brand version was right, right? but
0: it was rice krispies cheerios and uh, like peanut butter captain crunch and those were the three cereals, and I got them in carnation instant milk. So cereal was not a fucking treat for me. I'd rather have oatmeal. You give me some fucking, if you told me I was having a plate of oatmeal, that was a big goddamn deal because I was sick to death of that bullshit. And then I remember going to a buddy's house and getting like, what was it? It was like Fruity Pebbles. No, it was Cocoa Pebbles. It was fucking Cocoa Pebbles. And after the end of it, I had a bowl of chocolate milk. And uh, I, I just the I'm thinking about the experience of having a bowl of fucking Cocoa Pebbles after eating this shit in real goddamn milk, whole milk, mm-hmm. instead of carnation, fucking, it's only good ice cold, and it's not even good, it's bearable ice cold, it's shitty any other temperature. Yeah.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. I, yeah, I have also been poor, my friend, it is. <laughs> It is no uh, no picnic.
0: So can you imagine the the feeling of all that sugar rushing? You, you're not used to having. I'm not. Was not used to having sugar because well, I shouldn't have had sugar. It was not a good thing for me. <laughs> Two bowls of fucking cocoa pebbles and drinking the goddamn milk afterwards. Yeah, I should have known I was gonna be a junkie at seven because <laughs> I wanted the so, whole fucking box.
1: See. Now, I, I was going to say, though, like as far as those like mid-range, not complete sugar bomb mm. cereals, I think there's only one that I have strong feelings positively about, and that is the Honey Nut Cheerio. I was going to say Honey Bunches of Oats. Because the Honey Nut Cheerio is one of the best cereals ever made. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it's l- a little bit more than lightly sweetened, but whether it's made with real honey like they claim or not... Man, the honey flavor rather than just straight sugar Mm -hmm. is a a real
0: real appreciated change of pace. See, for me too, and then once I got older and you needed something to sit on your stomach because you're fucking hungover as shit and you need something to start your day with, I discovered that Cheerios and a banana or a raisin bran that just sits there. Mm -hmm. And soaks up whatever acids in your stomach, and I used to love that. Just get that right, perfect amount of not a lot of sugar, maybe a teaspoon for the whole whole bowl of, in a big Jethro Bodine size bowl, just fucking half a fucking thing with three bananas and a half a gallon of milk, and just yeah. Get some potassium in you. Get the potassium, a little bit extra calcium. Mm-hmm.
1: See, and that brings us to the uh, most infamous section of breakfast
0: cereals: dun, dun, the, the old dun. sugar bombs. Oh hell yeah! what What's your uh, what's your drug of choice? You know, honestly, sugar bombs are not my go-to, but if I had to go to one, it's either fruity pebbles or cocoa pebbles. Fruity Pebbles, my man. Mm -hmm. The finest cereal ever made. They're all the same flavor, but it doesn't matter. Oh, not even a little
1: bit. Man, even off-brand, because we buy the 10-pound bags of off-brand. Hell yeah. Because, you know, why would I pay shitloads for actual Fruity Pebbles? It's Mm -hmm. just flakes of purple, or, yeah, purple and blue and whatever. Sugar and wood
0: pulp is what it is. (laughs) Goddamn
1: right. Good and good wood pulp. That is... The thing that I will eat if I am feeling very restless at mm. night, I will uh, perhaps take a few tokes of whatever is laying around.
0: Are you talking about the jazz cabbage? I am talking about the jazz cabbage.
1: Oh, my. J- the very same. Oh, you viper, you. Yeah. It, it's the devil's weed. It gets its roots in hell. <laughs> and... Uh, A a few hits of that, and you put on, like, a good 90s action movie and just eat an outrageous bowl of Fruity Pebbles, Mm -hmm. I defy you to make it another 20 minutes. No, No, not even through sheer tyranny of will are you going to be able to sit through whatever you are trying to do after eating a good, like, two-pound bowl of Fruity Pebbles. It is absolutely perfect, and what puts the Fruity Pebble above all else is... They sog up real fast, so most of the bowl is that. So mm-hmm. if the, if that texture is not for you, you know not to go for the fruity pebble. Nope. But
0: if that is for you, yep. oh my! It's 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 right up there. When when you get that perfect, like when you pour a bowl of rice or not rice krispies, when you pour a bowl of raisin bran, where it's partial sog but tiny crunch, just that little, and you get that perfect bite. Ah. Because you got the chew, the crunch, and the sag, and the coldness of the milk all in one uh-huh. fucking bite.
1: And and with the fruity pebble, when you bite into the sogginess, it, it extracts the milk out of it like yeah. biting a sponge, yes. and it's all just all that sugary, delicious milk. And just oof, man, it is the perfect cure for insomnia.
0: Chris, you know there, if anybody had any doubt as to why we have spent as much time in food service as we've had, only has to listen to us talk about <laughs> the textures of cereal and uh-huh. why it's perfect and get in-depth to the texture. Nobody else nobody else would fucking listen. I'm sorry to the some of our listeners going, these guys are talking about chewing a goddamn raisin. What the fuck's wrong with them? Yeah,
1: <laughs> you're right, because you know what? One of my other favorite cereals is Apple Jacks. But do you want to know why I don't fucking eat Apple Jacks? Because they rip my mouth apart.
0: Oh, yes. You
1: have to let them sit, and by then the milk is already starting to get warm if it's a hot evening.
0: Same issue with Crunch Berries.
1: Exactly. It takes forever, and they and fuck kicks. my mouth up. And, like, uh, I when I was a kid, there was nothing, James, there was nothing I wanted more than cookie crisp. Oh. And I was never allowed to get it because ch- cookies for breakfast, absolutely not in
0: my household. Cookie Crisp came out when I was making my own money, so I ate the fuck out of them. But Then I realized I could buy an entire carton of Matt's Cookies, and if you've never had Matt's Cookies, I will bring you home some next time I go to Chicago. They're fucking amazing. But Cookie Crisp is one of the worst
1: offenders of having to let it sit because if not, it will rip your fucking mouth apart. Mm -hmm. And that's why the Fruity Pebble is by far... The greatest of all of them, mm-hmm. and I—I I know, like people have talked about breakfast cereals for a long time, but like, it—it it is funny that just such a simple thing has become such a huge part of culture. Like, it, that was a running gag on Seinfeld was that all he ate was cereal, and it, it's associated with lazy slobs everywhere. Is just eating a bowl of cereal, but like, it—it it really is something that. Affects each and every one of our lives at some point. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a memory of eating cereal, whether it was looking at the back of the
0: box, doing the fucking word search while you're eating your corn or pops. Digging into the full box to try to get the prize at the bottom, trying uh-huh. to shake that box just sideways, just perfect enough to get it floated up to the top to get it. Yeah. Uh huh. Nobody has any visceral sense memories of cereal from their childhood. No. No. And like uh, the
1: tricks rabbit. Is a cultural icon. Why? Oh. because it's associated with cereal in War. advertisement. I get it. But, like, it, again, it's for a
0: cereal. What a weird thing to hold, like, a spot in all of our brains. We'll take a look at the marketing, too. No, it, it is insidiously marketed to us. All the eyes on those packages are built to look directly it, at you, and they're looking down. Why? Because you're a kid. Hmm. But my favorite though, I, I, anybody who's my age and a little, if I sang, come, if I started singing, come to the honeycomb hideout, everybody else would sing the rest of it. And they wouldn't be able to go, can't get enough of that sugar crisp, you know, and all, everything, single solitary one, every rice, snap, crackle, pop, commercial, everything. Yeah. And what is sugar smacks? It's
1: what puffed barley. It is, isn't it? That's about the only market left for barley, because it's not the 1940s anymore. People don't subsist on barley.
0: Mm-mm. I mean, except for making beer.
1: Yeah, but I mean, yeah, beer and what? Sugar smack cereal. Mm-hmm. And it's weird that, like, oh, yeah, I, I never thought about that. Where's the barley market? Well, probably half of Oh, and of soup. It, probably, well, yeah, but, like, probably half of it is that. Oh, yeah. Never like, thought about that. yeah. It's weird how cereal has affected all of our lives. <laughs> we all remember the first where we were the first time we had a bowl of Lucky Charms. Oh yeah, well, I I'm... when
0: I get to eat marshmallows at breakfast, fucking ripping. Yeah, I will, not, I will say that after after the experience, the cocoa puff experience, or the cocoa um, God, the cocoa. I can't even talk. <laughs> The Cocoa Pebble experience, everything paled in comparison. There, there's nothing that's going to touch that cereal experience for me. Yeah. But I will say, and I didn't, it wasn't that I had, I forgot what it was called, but it had, it had, did have marshmallows. And they're tiny. look looked like regular marshmallows. They were chocolate and regular marshmallows in it. Ooh. That and, sounds uh, like a delight. And I had picked all of the marshmallows out of the bag to eat them all mm-hmm. and throughout the cereal.
1: Yep, and I am uh, as I've probably shown you around that time of the year. I'm a big proponent of Count Chocula and Frankenberry. And fruit
0: fruit fruit brew kind of sucks, but and there was it's a mummy, fine. I think, at one time. I-, I bet there was. That makes sense. The yummy mummy or something, something stupid. <laughs> well, yeah. What
1: else would it be? It
0: has to be yummy mummy.
1: <laughs> the terrifying blood dripping mummy. <laughs> <laughs> huh. That's strange. The actual the, mummy.
0: The rest of yeah, the rest of them are fun. <laughs> yeah, we gotta run. This life. one's terrifying. It, Shambly and he stinks. we gotta go.
1: Yeah, I just I, I thought it was odd because are those what?
0: locusts and scarabs? Uh, scarabs, get
1: the fuck out of here! Yeah. The scarabs have like a sm- gushy center.
0: <laughs> well, they're crunchy on the outside <laughs> with a raspberry jam filling, so they bleed on you as you eat. Goddamn right! I fucking want those now. And they'll give you wicked diarrhea,
1: which is the curse of the mummy.
0: <laughs> there, we did it. Okay. I want one now. I want to eat it and look like I'm bleeding down my mouth.
1: There's nothing I want more than mummy diarrhea, James. <laughs> nothing. More. One day it'll happen for us. Tootin' Commons revenge. Jesus Christ. Yep, we got it. Oh, It markets itself, dude. Yep, it sure does, and I mean, if not here, at least someplace weird like <coughs> in Asia, where they've got like the soft shell crab potato chips, which mm. I still want to try. Oh my God, it sounds amazing.
0: And ooh, have you ever had ketchup chips from Canada? Full dress, yeah. Through the fucking tits. Dude. I used to take. I used to take um, Jay's ridged potato chips, mm-hmm. and I would ketchup, and I would throw salt on the ketchup, and then I would just dip my big ass thick right in there and eat them that way. So fuck when they came out with Heinz yeah I was there (laughs) goddamn right first in line after everyone in Canada (laughs) that's right but I will tell you I think it's better to dip your chips in the
1: actual ketchup so do you can I can I tell you something really gross Mm -hmm. and it's the reason that I don't eat it with people oh I really like to dip my steaks in ketchup James we talked about this. Fucking absolutely love it. You know what's even better though is well, if you got a little sriracha to mix into that ketchup. They have sriracha ketchup. Well, I understand, yeah. but I like to make mine a little, little more sriracha heavy because I like the spice. Mm-hmm. But I, I, tend to eat a rare steak. But if there's no sriracha, I don't care. Mm. Straighten that ketchup, boy. Well, I'll tell it. you,
0: I can't. I mean, I, I, I used to live on steak sauce. I used to take a one and put it on bread and eat it as a sandwich. Okay, I love the taste of a one. A1. Also, best on chicken. It's fucking amazing on chicken. Better on chicken than it is on anything else. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway. But I used to put steak sausage to that. Now, the only time I can sauce a steak, and I like steak with ketchup, but it's got to be excellent. I get it well done, and I don't want to send it back because I'm not a douche, because everybody fucks up once in a while. I don't care. Yeah. Then I'll order some ketchup, and you can make all the faces you want. I cook for a living. You can go fuck yourself right now. Uh Uh-huh. If the t- it's the texture and you put ketchup on hamburgers. The sweet, the savory, and the the hint of beef underneath. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. In fact, I'll even go one further. One of one of the big ingredients in my pot roast is when I'm cooking it, I'm throwing ketchup directly into the tom- You know, the the V eight, the tomato, the beef base, everything else that I put in that pan. I because it has the right amount of sweet and salt to it. Mm-hmm. The perfect amount of sweet and salt. And I'm not talking about having it float in the ketchup, but you dip it in the ketchup, A, it adds, the, it adds, it adds a texture to it. Yep. And B, it's adding sweet and salt immediately. Mm-hmm. And a little vinegar. Exactly. So pff, there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah, man. And I see the thing is, I, just, so, I don't is, like the texture when, when the meat's got the, the rarer texture, the softer texture. See? I don't like the feeling of the ketchup with that. I like the flavor. I just don't like the feeling. So when it gets to like medium well. Then I like the chew with the ketchup. Because it makes it easier to eat. And then the flavors all meld better for me.
1: See I I never. If I'm being perfectly honest. Because I don't go out for steaks. I, I'm not doing any of that. I can make it better. And exactly how I want it at home. So I honestly. I barely ever even get to a Rare steak gotcha. i i eat steaks pretty disgustingly raw and that's the only time that i like them in ketchup like if for some reason i am forced to eat like a just a piece of beef mm-hmm. i i nope i'll just eat it it's uh-huh. fine i'll just suffer through it but with with the chewy almost bubblegum, meaty bubblegum esque flavor and then the ketchup squishing in between each bite mm-hmm. again we're getting into why you know texturally we like things yeah. but with that and it all just nom, nom, see i nom. like
0: i like the chew but then then, then the lubrication throws the, me the viscous yeah that's just ugh. see and kill me for um, putting anything on steaks other than let's say garlic or cheese or anything else or an aromatic or or you know a fat adding device is I worked at a steakhouse, a higher-end steakhouse, and I got fucking spoiled. And it allowed me to taste more of the meat for what it was, and it, I developed a palate specifically for different cuts of steak through that job. So if something doesn't, if it's not a specific height of quality for me, then, yeah, fuck, let's, whatever sauce we got, let's have fun with this. I want to find out what blends with that. hmm but yeah, once you get too down, like I like I like a like a Pittsburgh sear once in a while where it's, you know, it's like Ooh, blue yeah. gel, you know, I'll have a blue. Why if it's a good cut of steak, I like the sear because it adds the texture, you get the little extra caramelization, the mm-hmm. blood caramelizes everything. And it's a, it's an odd chew, but it's a it's a beautiful flavor and it because of the coldness, there's an actual coldness to it. You've got the hot and the cold, you're getting that sensation while you eat to add to it. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And that's why I like it. And with a room-temperature ketchup to go with it? it No, that might work. I never thought to use a room-temperature ketchup. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You don't want to be dipping your already rare steaks into cold
0: ketchup. Well, that might be what was throwing me, homie. Oh, I got something new to try.
1: (laughs) Steak and ketchup. Well, the the thing is, I'm
0: always looking for new food experiences, but I don't make having new food experience money. I used to, when I like, when I worked at the steakhouse, and honestly, at this point in my life, I don't make it a really a priority either. I know, but when you have it and you can just go out and just drop $200 on a meal without buying liquor or wine, or I'm just talking just app meal dessert. Yeah. And you're dropping $200 where they're throwing the squid ink in the homemade pasta with the, with the truffle and the, this and the, that fucking that's an experience and it's textures, it's flavors, it's brightness. It's all these beautiful different things. I miss that, but now I can have, if I can find a similar, different experience at home with things that I can afford, that is just a rarity. Otherwise, I'm living on fucking frozen pizzas because I'm sick to death of everything.
1: Yeah, and another thing too, as far as like, if we're talking, if we're kind of uh, rotating into steaks, I got a pretty decent steak from the butcher shop. I don't remember what cut, it doesn't really matter, but it's been a while since I've eaten beef. Be, mainly because of the price point, and I made that steak how I usually would, and I gotta be honest, uh-huh. I've now gotten to the point I prefer a pork steak over a beef steak. To be perfectly honest with you, I, I think, can I can get why. I think pork is a much more versatile and honestly flavorful uh, product than almost anything
0: beef. Oh yeah, I would I would have to grant you that three quarters of what I cook now, unless I'm knocking out hamburgers because I'm lazy. Right, is pork based because it's versatile. I mean, there's so many different cuts, and if you know anything about it, you know fat equals flavor. And I, You can substitute it for beef or yeah, chicken. Yeah, and it works uh, anything substitute for chicken is beautiful, especially if you get the darker meat closer to the bone. Oh baby, then it's it's almost it gets almost muttony. Oh, some pork ribeyes, hell man, dude! Every My time man. I see those. Because they go on sale all the goddamn yeah, time. Yeah, because nobody seems to want them. I don't know why. Oh, You God. pound them out and knock them. Oh, dude. You know that thing I always make with the mushrooms, shallots, and uh, cooking sherry? Yep. Those are perfect for it because they have got they don't have the striations within the meat. They've got that nice little fat pocket. Oh, yeah. And so when you... I pour off that... like So I throw a little bit of aromatics. I'll throw a little garlic in the pan. I'll put a little bit of salt, pepper, a little garlic, salt, whatever, you know, just basic, basic. Sometimes I'll throw in a little paprika, I'll get crazy. And I'll just saute them up with a little bit of garlic, and then I pour off any grease that's left over, and then I'll finish off mushrooms, shallots, and then that. Then I'll pull that off, and then I'll completely deglaze the pan with the the, um, sherry, reinfuse that, and drop maybe uh, about two tablespoons of butter in there, and it makes its own sauce. Ooh. And then I'm slow cooking them. After I sear them on there, I slow cook them on my in my oven for like, at about two seventy five for about 15, 20 minutes. Let them just get good, good and moistened up. And then I'll just throw a thing of rice and peas, throw a, a dollop of uh, pepper, a little pepper, black pepper on the rice and peas, a dollop of butter, and then just pour the gravy over and just cut that pork chop on the top, dude. So you can't I, do that with a piece of beef because you would overpower the fucking beef.
1: I'll share, since you're sharing recipes, I'll give you and everybody listening a free one. So, uh, my favorite way to make a pork steak, Mm -hmm. on the grill, but just salt and pepper on the meat. In a separate bowl, take some tomato paste, soy sauce, Worcestershire, and uh, uh, lemon juice. Oh, yeah, you you gotta get, okay. Add a little bit of garlic, black pepper, salt as needed and maybe like a little bit of basil or oregano, whichever little uh, herbaceous way that you're going, and you mix it up with that tomato paste, and it'll become almost like a, uh, I'll say, Asian-style barbecue-ish. Boy, howdy. You let it finish up (coughs) and put that sauce on and then let it uh, cook over the fire Mm. because you need to heat tomato paste. Otherwise, it's got that kind of tinny flavor to it. So you make sure that it gets good and heated up, and it'll caramelize onto them pork steaks. Oh, mm. shit, my man. That is how you eat a fucking pork steak. Dude, I'm there.
0: I, I know what I'm going to be fucking with.
1: Yeah, because it's salty, it's tangy, it's got that earthiness from the tomatoes in it. It's it's a mm. mouthful of flavor. It's a goddamn. Do that up with some, like, sauteed uh chard. Ooh. Yeah, buddy.
0: Put Maybe just put a tiny bit of grill mark on there and then finish sauteing it. I mean, if you want to, I do because I like that little bit of bitter and like that extra bit of bitter char with it. Because mm-hmm. especially with the sweetness, a lot of the other ingredients, it's gonna blend real nice. That little bite from that little bit of acid from the char and then, or the char itself, and then the actual little burn mark on the char of the char, it it adds that little bit of caramelized to it. Oh, dude! Uh huh. God damn it. All right. I'm getting fucking hungry now. God, so, mm, so, I need so, a bowl of cereal so and what, shit. Yeah, so
1: that's what I wanted to talk about with cereal and apparently the versatility of pork. Oh, fuck yeah. Hey, James, what you got? Oh, well. What are, what are we getting into?
0: Well, strap yourself in, homie. I'm going to let my geek flag fly. I'm going to talk about tabletop role-playing games, homie. You son of a bitch. Yeah, I'm a son of a bitch. I'm not playing them with you. I will sit through your spiel, and I will ask questions oh, and be interested. Oh, you can ask this shit? But I will tell you, okay, first of all, we've got to understand that I'm neurodivergent as fuck and have absolutely no clue outside of certain paradigms of how to read people. It's just it's in, almost impossible for me. It is now I can do it because I forced myself into positions where I learned how to do it. But it does not come naturally to me. So because of that, I always used to think I was excluded from groups because I was too much of an other one way, like when I lived in a Mexican neighborhood, I was too white. Or if I lived in a Jewish neighborhood, I was too too Mexican or this. No, it turns out I'm fucking just, you know, I got alphabet soup working in my head. So a few scenes I, I lean to because I did not judge. Punk scene, ska scene. And then, oddly, D&D. Because I'm, you know, my, one of my hyper focuses has always been reading. I could read since I could walk. So I've always read. And then I discovered... Um, D and uh, I kind of fucked around with that so uh, yeah,
1: just to, just to interject a little yeah. bit
0: I guess then what were
1: your like reading preferences what what did you uh oh god angle toward if you i mean obviously i'm sure that you read a vast array of different things right um, what was
0: what was your leanings well, hold on i can i can actually i can tell you I, I can't remember my name I will call my kids the cats names my whole life i I lose my shit in the middle of sentences, but I can tell you exactly what series of books I was reading just prior to um, discovering d and D. I I was reading, obviously, Lord of the Rings had just re, re, had a resurgence because of the backsheet cartoons. They were on TV, so all the kids were reading it again. I was reading Asimov Foundation. I was reading uh, Lord of the Rings. I was reading uh, a lot of Harlan Ellison, which is sci-fi. I was reading... I was reading... Um, Nabokov, because I there was a book called Tales of Penin, I believe. Um, I was reading a lot of the beat authors I'd found. Uh, I had uh, a half brother that had just gotten put away for a little while, and all his books were left over, so I was reading whatever the fuck he had left. So I'm and I'm talking some heavy shit, too. I didn't even know three quarters of what I was reading, you know, The Second Sex by De Bouvier, just ridiculous shit, because he was in college at the time. So I was reading everything, but I think I lent more or leaned more towards hard science fiction because I didn't understand the science, but it 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 tickled a certain spot in my head. I was just like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is cool. This is cool. I don't know why the fuck this is working, but this is this is hitting every spot that I've ever needed hit.
1: And as uh, a as somebody who just started reading a collection of Ray Bradbury shorts, I know he wasn't the most, I guess prolific specifically sci-fi author mm. but man i i'm kicking myself in the ass for not getting to stuff like this sooner because just the f- foundations of these authors is just fucking fantastic
0: well i find it and it's going to sound like hack and shit but if you didn't get them at a certain age you weren't kind of weren't ready for them because bradbury will call to you and once you get like you probably read a brad I, I'm gonna. Unless you went to, I went to alternative schools and shit. For the most part, they still made us read Bradbury. I'm sure you read a short story and it didn't click with you. You know what I mean? And it, but you've come to a point in your life where you're like, fuck.
1: I, I got to start reading some of these classic authors that you know. A lot of things are based on. And mm-hmm. I think the thing that really kicked it in the ass was when we did uh some went, uh, something like, wicked something this, good, way this way comes. comes. Yeah, it was like man. Well, I got to read Bradbury. If
0: you got, you know, if you got to start with somebody, it mean, might as well be Bradbury. I would suggest, have you read Fahrenheit 451 yet? No. Dude, check it out. And there's a short story called The Velt.
1: Yeah, that's what, I wanted to read some of his short stories first because there are a lot of these classic authors where just their writing style doesn't click with me, which means that I will never get through their works no matter how good it is. If If it doesn't, read right to me mm-hmm. I have a really hard time getting through it because I lose interest and then I put it down and don't pick it back up
0: well see I, I've, I've been luckily, lucky and blessed in my life I, every <coughs> every woman that I've ever dated in my life is fucking ridiculously smart either graduate school or whatever not to do my own I just don't for some reason that's how that works out Right. but because of that I got, you know, they're doing their homework, so they got a film studies class, and I'm just sitting there watching a movie and then reading a book because I'm bored. I'll read the whole textbook, whatever they're doing. They, you know, they get book assignments, and I'm reading their books, and they're asking me questions. I'm asking them questions. So I kind of got a secondary, you know, a little bit of tiny education in a lot of the classics or what you're supposed to look for in things. Right. Secondarily, and that's actually helped me in great stead. But, yeah, no, Bradbury, you... I will, shit, after this, I got, I got stuff for you to read. Yeah, I'm working but, on it. Yeah. But I discovered it, I, got, I want to say I was 11, 11 or 12, and just before the box set hit, because a friend of mine, him, his older brother or cousin had the original white box set, which was a strategies and tactics game. And if you're not familiar with strategy and tactics game, I used to play a game called Panzer Division. Which is the most grognard, iridite, neckbeard-having, giant, non-washing, ass-crack-hanging-out, yelly, horrible people play. And then me. <laughs> Sounds like a, a a real tumultuous evening. Uh, well, picture a giant table with uh, hexagonal squares and people with fucking slide rules and, and rulers to... To make sure that you didn't cheat. And you have to know how much gas is in your tank to get across the field. And you have to know how how many troops you have. That kind of shit. That sounds exhausting. It is exhausting. But even though I have crippling ADHD, I also have something else in my head. That once I lock into something, especially if it's something (laughs) with so many tangents you shouldn't be able to do it. There's some part of my brain that just... Fucking locks in and just wants to do that constantly. But I went from there and then I started playing. It was like Chainmail or something. I forgot the name of the game, but it was Strategy and Tactics. And somebody said, I got this fucking thing and you can play, you can play the, you can actually role play the guy. And I'm like, fuck, you can. And then we started playing a little bit and I'm like, what what initially drew me to this is I'm, I'm a big reader, right? And I'm trying to figure out how to write. And this game is teaching me step-by-step how to develop a character how to show what limitations your character has what abilities they have are they good at things bad at things how you can dial in a character just based on attributes to start with right and then you have archetypes then you can play the archetype now for somebody who has absolutely no social skills i'm fucking figuring out social skills and characterization by playing this game which is fun I'd if it was a video game I'd be dropping quarters in it right so it's fucking calling to me it's calling to me and then I can sit at the table and because I mask 90% of the time this was a fun mask this was a fantasy mask this was a character that I could play yeah, and if th- I fucked th- up... This
1: isn't like, I, I have to get through my day without getting my ass kicked. Exactly. Kind of masking. This is... Yeah. Yeah. It's the fun version.
0: And it's the only time I'd ever been able to do that. So I felt like a whole world of like... So if my character fucked up, I would see, well, what would happen in this situation if I did this? Well, now I've got dice, mechanics, physics, whatever's telling me kind of that. And I'm sneakily learning how... I'm oh, sorry. I'm sneakily learning how people interact with each other by interacting with these people. So it's kind of a twofold thing. And everything I know about writing, about story arc, about anything, I learned by developing characters. When I couldn't find anybody to run the game, I learned how to run the game. And they tell you, hey, you can start big and go little. Start little, go big. Just pick one thing. And, you know, flesh it, flesh it, flesh it. And they give you tools to learn how to flesh it out. Um, personality quirks. There's tables and tables and tables. And just, you know, he he farts after he eats too much or always irritated by blah. So little tiny things you can hang on a character. So while you're playing it in the back of your head, you're like, oh, shit, we're at, we're at the Queen's dinner. And I just ate a whole fucking thing. And I forgot that's on my goddamn character sheet. You know? but that is random there's randomization that can come of this which causes you to improv so you're learning improv improv storytelling because that's what it is D is a bunch of people getting together telling a story together with rules yeah and the rules keep me from going oh yeah well uh i've got Shield, and you can't hit me huh you know that's what differentiates it from when we're playing as children yeah because
1: that's not fun
0: Right. So there are goals, there are, you know, basically my job is to develop plot. I need to develop a world that is interesting to the players, that has a point, that, you know, otherwise it's monster of the week. Because in other,
1: if you didn't, why, why would you want to live in this world? Right. Why are we even doing this if we're not going to have a world that's at least somewhat pleasant or tactically difficult right. or there is some challenge or something about it that makes you want to exist within that world
0: absolutely and, and it also talks about short arc a long arc where the rise and the fall in the story because you learn to feel that as you're running the game you can kind of tell oh shit i better rein this in they're they're losing track so you're unconsciously learning timing you're learning how to orate how to drag people's interest into what you're doing because if i just sit there and the orc goes across the field well fuck no you know it's like you 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 roll you notice it fucking the biggest orc you've ever seen on horseback fucking sees you personally well i don't want that yeah so but do you see there's an engagement that happens and it taught me a when people are trying to engage me i never used to notice I thought nobody noticed me. Well, people are constantly trying to engage me, but I didn't know the signs because I've got limited, limited ability to do that. Well, as a GM, I'm getting that feedback immediately because I need, I'm learning to engage them by trial and error. I had fucked up a 100 times before I got people to get the plot hook because of what I thought was obvious or what normal human communication was. I wasn't given it. So it taught me all these things. Can you hold on for just one second? This thing is killing me.
1: See, the problem that I have, and I don't know, I guess, where it would fall in this sense. But, like, I think I've talked about it before. Like, it's not the fantasy world that bothers me. Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing. Like, as far as a video game, yep, give me that sword and shield fantasy world all day long. But I don't like it in movies. I don't like fantasy movies for Hmm. some reason. But science fiction is the other way. Uh I don't really like science fiction games, Uh generally speaking. For some reason, they just don't grab me. But sci-fi movies? Absolutely. Hmm. And so that's what I think my total reticence to even going to try D&D is because I don't know... I don't think I can put myself in that fantasy world.
0: Well, let me tell you something, Chris. There are other worlds than D&D. Mwah. Yeah, because
1: I ran, you wanted to talk about uh, tabletop games.
0: Right. Now, the reason I bring up the big McGill of D&D is because, thankfully, thankfully, it has become such a huge deal that it's now shorthand. When I was playing before, you got to understand the difference. Of how I look and who I am, and me playing D&D, it was very difficult for me to even fit in in that setting because I was very, very rough around the edges, and I was taught to be very aggressive very quickly if confronted. You know, because I had limited knowledge on how to interact with people, and I lived in shitty places sometimes. So the easiest thing to do was, you, if somebody challenges you, get up in their grill and you fucking handle the situation right there and then. You know, so that was a difficult fit into that, too. But again, all of these things work together. But D&D, now, people used to get shoved in lockers, the PMRC, the fucking, all that shit, the satanic panic. It was all real. Oh, God. And I was heavy into it at the time, but nobody ever fucked with me either because I am me. (laughs) Yep. You know? It's like, what are you going to say to me? Go fuck yourself. You don't like me anyway. Eat a bullet dick. Yeah, I'm going to
1: go play make believe <laughs> with my friends
0: yes i could either be doing that or i can sit on the front stoop and smoke dope on your you know on your two flag and go fuck yourself you know right
1: and i don't know just there's there's just nothing appealing to me about sitting in a circle with a bunch of people and pretending something like and
0: for me it just seems like for no reason gotcha now that, you're you're looking at it from one direction and i totally see where you're coming from but here, here, let me throw this out. Let's say um, you, me, uh, who else do we know? It's a fucking, it, it, you, a you lot, can just listen to a people. A lot of people I know play D&D. <laughs> well, no, I'm just not talking about that. Don't play D&D, but are Spielers. that can talk. You fucking, when they talk, you listen to them. You're just like, what, what the fuck else are they going to say? Right. It's like, Chuck, when he talks, everything that comes out of his mouth is just oddball and cool to hear. I'm like, what the fuck? Where are you <laughs> coming from, my man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I could li- but if I got the three of us in and I said, look, we're all gonna fucking tell a horror story, where we're all shapeshifters. Boom. But you got this power. You got this and this and this and there's a the bad guy. I, I I could get into some shapeshifting. Dude, I got I got the game for you. It's called Nightbane. I I'm listening. Go on. And Nightbane, it's a world. It's a it's a horror world basically, where where the, your you know the dreams have actually become reality, and actually part of it you. Um, like the dream world can aspect itself into your real life, basically. So when you get in the dream, like when you get attacked or something, you have one person, and then all of a sudden you, you can like hulk out and have like crab arms and fucking fangs and be half demon and shit. I, I, I do want some crab arms. I'm, again, I'm interested. Go on. <laughs> so, but that's just one aspect of the game, and there are different factions. There are the Nightbane, there are the Nightbane Hunters, there are just the real monsters, and then the monster hunters. And then there's everyday people and there's thousands of possibilities. This sounds like, how long does this take? I could run a, I could. Okay. What would take it is I will have to make the character for you (laughs) because you will not sit down to do this. I absolutely will not No, But if I handed you out a finished one,
1: if you casually throughout the week, threw me a couple options like, Hey, a wolf teeth or a crab
0: claw. Yeah. That, that I would do. And see, the thing is, and what fucks most people up is that the game should not get in your way of telling your story. Okay, a good GM. The rules are the rules. I don't expect you to know the rules. You haven't fucked with this before, right? No. But I'll have you roll dice. I'll it, tell you what they mean. I'll, I'll prob- we'll probably never do this also, but I, right. I'm still listening. But I'm saying a good GM, that's secondary. And, and I can dispense with most of that through good storytelling. Right? There are going to come a time when the story where random chance has to happen. And that's where the stop, that's when the dice come out. Most people roll for everything. Okay, I go to walk across the room, roll the walk. I go to the bookshelf, roll to go to the bookshelf. I go there. That's not how I do it. I assume that you know what the fuck you're doing because you're trained or you've had this power for years, right? So I don't need to have you roll for anything unless we're fucking in battle. He sees you, you see him. Who goes first? Roll. You tell me what you're going to do with your crab claw. You tell me how you're going to fuck them up. You know, I'm going to tell you. What
1: about like a, a drill arm? It could happen. Ooh. I got,
0: there's games with mechs too.
1: I, I'm less interested in okay. that. You're losing me with, I've no. never been a big mechs fan. I don't know why.
0: Spies? Kung fu? Uh,
1: uh, spies? Spies, you, you piqued my interest. There's a game called Ninjas and the Super Spies. Because, man, I do like a good spy anything. Like oh. I was telling you last night, I fell asleep
0: watching Thunderball. Shout out to Michigan's own Palladium role-playing. Big, you know, it just fucked me up is when I moved to Michigan, I swear to God, I was so excited because that's like if it's got to be like Ford in Michigan. I bet you everybody drives a Ford. I bet you everybody plays fucking Palladium or Riffs. I guarantee you, because that's where it's from. It's from Taylor goddamn Michigan. I went to, I've been to conventions up there. And, uh, no. No,
1: I I have no idea what those things are.
0: Nobody's heard of any of them. But again, every when I when I say role playing, everybody goes D and D. For me, my first love is going to be Palladium Fantasy, and and then anything coming of that. I, I spent like when I couldn't game, I would spend months just writing characters because you could pick a like a particular kung fu style. Let's say you wanted to be a drunken master. You've got levels, and you have special skills that you get and special moves that you get every time. It's like a video game. As you level up, you, you can do more powerful stunts. You can do more things. Per it, To me, it's cool as fuck. So can I just be Chuck Norris? I can make that happen. Because, <laughs> again, you would have my interest if there is a game where you just tell me, be Chuck Norris. And actually... I can make that game happen. You could be Chuck Norris. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. But again, we're, we're talking about there are different styles of play. There are different levels of GM. There are different. Most people like the traditional hack and slash. We're going to go dungeon crawling. I got bored of that after about 10 years.
1: See, and that's one of the other things that I, I kind of always think about is like, I almost appreciate the stringent rules of like a board game. this is how this happens and this is how this happens. Rather than, I I don't like the, somebody wrote this and now we're in trouble and now we have to do this thing. Because, Uh, I don't know, there's something about that that, again, it's the well, well, this is all just made up. And rather than sitting down and saying, no, you roll this dice, if you fuck it up, you pay $500 for this, or, you
0: know, along those lines. Yeah, but that's where the randomizer of the dice come in, in any battle. Yes, you are choosing to go with the sword instead of an axe, okay? I'm just using this as all ephemeral, okay? Yeah. But let's say you made the choice to come in with an axe rather than a sword, right? And now you're going to attack. Now we have to take into account you're strong, you have, you know... All all this means is you're stronger, you're going to hit harder, right? My job as the GM is now we roll dice. And let's say you roll, right? And you you somehow miss whatever he's got. Well, I will describe what happened. Dude, you fucking went in with the axe and he's wearing stud leather. And as you came down, it clipped one of the studs and it deflected the blow well enough and actually biffed the end off your axe. So now... You have to think, i got to flip the axe to go back, or what? But it was a random chance, because you could have gotten a natural 20 and killed him.
1: See, the only problem that I have with that is that Chuck Norris would not use an axe or a sword. Well, I I got you. He he would use his bare, manly hands.
0: Right. But even in this world, everything does have consequences, and even Chuck Norris, as powerful as he is, should be able to kill all the mooks in the world. But up against Grandmaster Chen, there might yeah, be Yeah, I mean,
1: Bruce Lee got the better of him once, and that was the last time that I'm... he suffered an L on screen. Absolutely. But most of these things will be his
0: adventures off screen, sir.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to get too much into Chuck Norris off screen. I just like when he shoots Roscoe out of the window with a
0: bazooka. We could make that happen in a bazooka in my fight. Day. In a hallway bazooka fight. Because I can run recon, we could have an actual war game, we're in the jungles of Vietnam. See, now
1: where does, that's what I was going to kind of ask you then, because you're far more of the expert. Where does that line blur between games like Risk and things like that, that are large, uh, I guess, board games, but aren't necessarily your... Roll a dice, move three spaces. I know Risk is exactly that, but you know what I mean. there are the games like that. that Okay,
0: it's real easy. It's a breakdown. You have what's called a strategies and tactics game, which Risk is. You know, you do roll your dice, you do pull cards, but you have to understand where to place your troops. So that's a strategy. The tactics that you use are what's going to cause you, you know, it's where you invade first. It's where you, you know, so that's a strategy and tactic game. D&D is also a strategy and tactic game, or a lot of the games that I'm going to reference are strategy and tactic games to a certain extent. Part of the game is we'll pull out a map if, you, if I want to make it, the battle real to you. I'll pull out a map, and we'll pull out little figures, and I'll say the enemy's advancing on the right flank and coming, and you can visually see what's happening. And that's the same as risk in that aspect, because at that point, D&D is a board game. You have to move a certain way. You can only move certain hexes or whatever. Right. To engage the enemy, you have certain things. And let's say, I'll, I'll, use, I'll use the Nightbane game for an example. During the battle, you have eight moves that you can do in one segment. And you can parry, you can attack, you can come in simultaneously, you can use weapons, you can drop a weapon. You have all these actions that you can do in this short period. And you're going one-on-one with the enemy, and that's where the strategy and tactics come in. If you know anything about the game, the movement is important, movement, speed. That's part of d and and that's part of Nightbane, that's part of most of these games, if that's what you want it to be. Some people hate that shit. So when I'm running a game with, let's say, three people, two people love the maps, one person doesn't, I'm going to limit the maps <clears throat> they want social interaction. We can make that happen, but... There's loose rules to social interaction in almost every game. So you tell me, I'm going to come in and I'm, or I come in and I tell the guard, hey, good looking, why don't you just let me in? I got a 50 right here. Now that's an actual skill and you're embodying that skill. Now I'm going to roll the die because I know how good you are at that. But this guy fucking seen you coming or didn't see you coming. Whoa, well, right this way, sir. And there's... Again, strategies and tactics. So that's where it lends itself towards that. It can be. I can make D anD D a complete board game. I Ooh. could take any of these role playing games, and get a table out, and make it a board game.
1: I see, because then, I guess my follow up question too is, is then uh, games like Diablo and what have it you. Those are just visual extensions of D and D then, right? Yes, yes. But pretty much I mean different yeah. storylines But it's, it's a it it's
0: also a a different concept and a concept that I'd used way before I discovered like video games like that. Loosely based it's called a sandbox game. And in a sandbox, what do you do in a sandbox? You build stuff, you play around in the sandbox. You can go anywhere, you can play with any toy in the sandbox, you can do whatever you want. So when I say a sandbox game, I'm going to put things in the sandbox and see if you want to go fuck with them or not. Oh, right. I'm not making you go there. You can go anywhere you want in this world. I don't care. I've got stuff for you everywhere. It's yours to discover and do whatever the fuck you want. Sometimes I'm discovering 10 minutes because I didn't expect you to go to fucking Louisville. I'm like, shit, I fucking forgot to to, to inhabit Louisville. To be Louisville. fair, James, I don't expect me to go to Louisville either. Yeah, but I'm just saying, <laughs> in terms of the game... But you know what I do is I take a town. Louisville. Louisville. But I'll take a town that I already have, and I'll just throw it at wherever you're at. Fucking rednecks. To give you something to do, so you can fight redneck goblins. You know, for meth in the parking lot at the Waffle House. You know, those things can happen. Oh, and I'm gonna get that meth. (laughs) There you
1: go. So help me God, I'll stab a motherfucker for that meth.
0: Roll perception, homie. (laughs) Oh,
1: damn it! I'm in it. I didn't want to be in it,
0: James. the the thing The thing is, and I think what may have happened to you, which happens to a lot of people, is they either a have this perception, and and it's the rightfully earned, that it nerd shit. I cannot do this. Why? Because I'm going to get geek all over me, and I don't know if it washes off. It's disgusting. Nerd. Right. It has that, but it also has, unfortunately, I like cool stuff
1: like boobs and rock and roll. I got a game for that. <laughs> I'm going to pass. Whatever boobs and rock and roll you have to offer me, I'm not interested.
0: Uh, I was going to take you to see strippers, but okay.
1: Nah, still. I'm <laughs> too old for that. I don't do cocaine anymore. Yeah, it's not wanna, as fun. I don't want to see strippers not on cocaine. That's dumb. I don't
0: even want to see strippers on cocaine. Blech. Anyway.
1: Well, I forgot what we were discussing. Boobs and lasers and music previous to that yeah
0: (laughs) the other thing is it is because of okay i'm speaking as an old man that has finally learned some social skills and etc 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 and how to socialize to a certain unfortunately this hobby is rife with people that probably shouldn't be around other people to teach them the game or to be in a game with other people I used to be the person, oh, fuck, we're going to let James play, why? Because he's coming along, and eventually he's going to get it. You know what I mean? But there are some people that, sh- like, I should not have been running a game at that time, and I didn't. There are a lot of people that hurt the hobby by just being real shitty at it. You know, just being real shitty at it. And, and they- about it. Mm-hmm.
1: Which, and I think that would
0: probably be how I would come into it. Because,
1: right. I again, I don't have high hopes for me ever really playing D&D. Look, I
0: don't see you ever playing D&D with regular D&D folk, but I picture you at a gaming table with a personally, I personally hand-selected group of people to play with. And there will be party favors and ashtrays and good food and all kinds of shit.
1: Because yeah, I'm going to need a burrito and a smoke to do all the...
0: Absolutely, and we're going to have a fucking nerd poker night, man. Oh, God damn it. And I goddamn guarantee you that you may never do it again, but I guarantee you you'll be somewhat interested when you walk out. Go, okay, I get it. So, I get it.
1: So so there we go. There's our new promotion.
0: Give us twenty bucks and you can come. There you go. <laughs> oh shit. I'd have to run separate now, groups you, though, because I can only do you, one. You can you can
1: come regardless. Yeah, us. like I'm gonna
0: fight holy shit, you showed up. Okay, let's game.
1: <laughs> Just stand at the door with a shotgun. Like, where's my twenty
0: dollars? <laughs> Just picture get off my property. Uh, yeah. Talk to my bouncer. <laughs> my
1: bouncer. Yeah. As I commit an unwarranted murder over our game night oh.
0: c- to try and get out of it. Yeah, how about it? No, actually, I'll, I've i tried sitting up a million game nights when I wanted to game. It, the thing about being my age is I will talk about doing this forever. I, I might have it written up. What the fuck else am I going to run it for real?
1: So, and I think that is – another big uh, roadblock to me doing any sort of uh, game like that is because uh, I generally don't like human interaction. It's it's not one of those things where, like, I don't like people. Like, I, I just... I, most people I find exhausting. And you don't meet too many people that are genuinely weird and hmm. interesting. And I can't do small talk with people. I just can't. It's
0: terrible. And with me, in order to meet a new person... I got a mask for about two months to figure out if they're going to be okay with me or not. And and then even afterwards, I'm going to wait another month or two to be like, okay, uh, you got
1: to start really hedging your bets on whether I, you can,
0: cause I let off most of the mass now <laughs> and they got James. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess. Okay. Okay. This is the thing now. Okay. We can hang.
1: Oh, I, Oh, I can tell usually within the first 10 seconds of you showing up on whether it's going to be just a regular day or if it's going to be a real James day, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I can never tell when I'm walking in the door because I don't know it's any different.
1: No. Or, yeah, it would be like some candy I have on the table or something. Man, that reminds me. I was going to. It's like, oh, all right. Well, it's going to be a James is out of his goddamn mind afternoon.
0: Okay. Yes, yes. I, I, I'm I a lot to deal with.
1: Or or there's the day when you walk in, come in, politely cross your legs and go, hey, how you doing? It's like, hmm, this isn't right. This isn't okay. This isn't the James I know.
0: I I forgot. I remember remember when I came in. It, it was after the winter, right around the time we were getting clean and I I was wearing that fucking overall for like 3 months straight. And all of a sudden I came in I was shaved, I had dress shoes on. Yeah, you you didn't have so, the ear beard. Yeah. I, I wasn't surprising myself with my own neck hair. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I
1: remember those days of you recording and looking behind your back very quickly and rem- remembering,
0: oh no, that's me. Yes, that's my hair, bozo style, scaring me out of the corner of my eye. It's wonderful. Uh, the good old days. I, yeah, but I, I came in and I was completely just groomed. And yeah, dri- you looked
1: real put together. And
0: I had notes. <laughs>
1: Like a fucking human being, and it was unsettling. Yeah,
0: I, th- I think I threw you real hard that day.
1: Yeah, it was unpleasant. Uh, well, well, do you have anything else that you'd really like to say about tabletop role-playing games? I will
0: tell you that everything I know about writing, about characterization, about inhabiting a world, about any in-depth characterization. You know, a lot of times when I talk about the, n- the moment I notice when they do this one particular thing, I learned all of that through, A, having to characterize, because it gets boring to be the same shopkeep every time. It gets boring to me and my players to do the same thing every time. Light characterizations, the idea of thinking about something in the other room while you're talking. All these things that I learned through (laughs) D&D. That's how you get the uh, punk rock cat bartender from, or the
1: punk rock cat biker who beats up the bartender in ninth configuration.
0: Absolutely, fucking lootly. because they rolled like, on random table. You
1: know what? I've written a lot of characters. This
0: guy's just going to be out of this fucking world. So bottom line is as a writing tool, as a plot device tool, as a learning tool to do anything that we do or that we're trying to do. It beats about three educations because I learned it without learning it. I learned it by just sheer rote. You look at the same table, you go, this table is fucking boring. I understand the point now. I don't need to look at the table. I can change this because now instead of that terrain, terrain equals setting. Setting is where we're putting this. I can inhabit the setting quickly from, from verbal shorthand, just like visual shorthand. I learned all of these things through tables and just doing the game.
1: And that is one other thing that I think very much stands in my way, and it might just be in my own head, is that it seems very boring.
0: That's because, well, actually, you looked at the wrong index, sir. You should have looked at index X, and we are an index R, and it clearly states that you are wearing nineteenth, or you know, you're wearing fifteenth century armor, which would yep, not be. I am out the fucking door. Which would not be effective unless he had a falchion or a heavier sword, more an. Axe. What are you trying to do here? That's why you think it's boring, right?
1: Yeah, I would leave that room immediately.
0: Right, and it can or be Or a boring. lot
1: of, it seems like a lot of sitting around with nothing to do.
0: Mm-mm. Not on a well-run
1: game. Well, that's what I'm saying. That is just my perception as somebody who's never done this. It's just like, man, it doesn't seem interesting to me, and more than anything, I guess, in my own mind, it does. It seems like it's going to be boring.
0: And and it can be, and I've sat through those games. I guess my my only thing to tell you is you get with, like, my buddy Jason is probably the single best GM I've ever gamed under because he knows everything. And he's prepared for anything because I tend to be oddball. I'm like I think of weird ways to do it. That's just how my brain works, which often can derail a well-planned thing. But he knows it well enough. I here, Let me rephrase. To, to this. be able to pivot when.
1: Right. When pivoting needs pivoting. So
0: there are some, a lot of GMs, and this is where it gets boring. Pivot. Yes, pivot, 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 but um. I don't even know where the fuck that's from. How do I know that? What is that from? Friends. Okay, Ross. I, I've never watched ten minutes of Friends. Yeah, hey, it's fine. <laughs> you, Pivot. You, I know you've missed very little. Yes, good. Anyway, um, there's two two ways people run games. One is you're going to play the novel that I wrote as one of the characters I wrote. Yeah, well then why am I here just exactly? And that's why people don't like the game. And there's the other one, like me. I tend to be more sandbox, but jason's the middle ground he's like oh well fuck you didn't go there well now you're gonna go there because i'm just gonna move it over here but i feel like i have 100 percent free will it gives me that illusion i feel good in the game and i'm learning stuff because there's clues there's things like in a movie there's clues you're following people you're thinking about holy shit we're gonna meet the mayor what the fuck am i gonna say because it has effect on the game so the parts you see where people are just going or looking at whatever books are like they're thinking about, I'm the next person to talk. What am I going to do? And they're listening to what's happening because that's affecting everything involved. It's just like the movie, but it's all verbal now. So if you start picturing where you're at and start inhabiting it, you're a tiny, if you give a tiny bit of investment with the right GM, that investment is going to pay off in a story because I know enough about you and your knowledge of stories and the way that they move. You're going to throw something interesting in there dude, my guy's going to do this. Why? Because now I'm kind of half-assed bad and I don't like this motherfucker. And now you're part of the story and then you're investing in the story. I'm drawing off your energy. You've done something I didn't expect. Now I have to inhabit another part of this to work in that aspect. So I'm directing on the fly. You're improv I'm directing on the fly and adjudicating rules, which keeps it. Otherwise, we're going to sit down and I'm going, okay, I walk across and I went to the boat. Are you coming with me on the boat? You know, one of those bullshit stories. There's the difference. That's you know, you, do you see what I'm saying? There's yeah, a yeah, big difference. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm hopefully going to join in. I don't,
1: don't want to sit and uh, act out someone's novel.
0: No, fuck no. That sounds terrible. It's, oh, I've played games where you have to do that. That's why I don't like. Uh, they call them canned adventures, which is they've already written the adventure, and it's kind of like remember those books where you. Okay, you walk up to the thing. You see a door. Yeah, Do you turn knock- to
1: page 32 to go right, and 71. Mm. I hated those books. I actually was just talking to my mom the other day about those books. It's like, oh, you used to love those. Like, no, I hated them. Because I would always pick the same choice because, like, well, no, I don't want to do this other
0: stupid thing. And I never got to read most of the book. I never got a satisfying ending on any of them. No,
1: and because even if it progressed the story to where I could read more of it and it made sense, I hated what was happening because I hated the choices that I had to make to get to that point.
0: So I was uninvested. Absolutely. And that's why I don't like a lot of canned adventures because you get to this point, well, what do you do? You you check there, you're going to go this tunnel, that tunnel, this tunnel. Fuck difference does it make. Yeah, yeah. You know, what, it, it, why
1: don't you just pick a hole?
0: Yeah, you tell me where I'm going and what monster I'm going to fight at the end because there's nothing there. And if it's not werewolf, I'm kicking this table over. Absolutely. <laughs> flip the table. You already know game shit. Yes. Table flip situation imminent. Yep. Okay, no, I could go on and on about this, and that's why I picked tabletop RPGs because as much – I don't have passion. Passions were like – this is my be-all end-all. But that's one of the few things that I've done my whole life, like listening to, you know, being fascinated by music, food, and RPGs. But RPGs not because they're role-playing games, but because it's writing tools, it's, um imagination. You know, is a lot of things. It's an outlet. Yeah, as an outlet. It's a great outlet, especially if you have any creatives in you. So that that's, that, you know that's one of the few things that lasted my entire life. So I figured I'd talk about that today and I'm happy with it. Cause I think I might be able to get you to role play some goddamn
1: day. We'll see again. It's the, I think it's more of the time issue. Oh, I know that is going to prevent us from doing anything like this, but what do you oh, no! Maybe, maybe someday we'll get around to it. Maybe we'll film it. Fuck
0: guess it. what I'm doing tonight. I'm going to see uh, if I can find my Nightbane book and I'm going to roll some pre gens home. <gasps> no, fuck that. I'm going to call my buddy, Jeff Ruiz. Shout out to Jeff. Hey, hey Jeff. And I'm, I'm going to see if you can make me uh, three pre-gens for Nightbane so I can run it. All right,
1: fuck it. I got so, nothing else going on. I mean, I do, but, you know. I'll you heard that, Jeff it.
0: Rowe. Hook a brother up.
1: All right, well, that means we got to fucking set up cameras and whatever. <laughs> we'll do it. Okay. Fine.
0: Or, uh, we, or we won't, and you'll no, never hear of this again. I, uh, of no, no, I've got to do it because I got, I got a debt to collect from old Brad all right <laughs> all right hey hey james yes where can people find us they could find us at horror vomit podcast at com. they can find us on facebook we have a beautiful facebook page and i actually we've had some we've had some new listeners and hope to get some more um also i want to put it out there on the air uh throw us a topic on the facebook page so you know Maybe we'll talk about some weird shit that we're not usually talking about or our thoughts yeah. on a subject.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, get a passing, a passive knowledge of something real quick. Hell yeah. A, at least enough to ignorantly yell about it.
0: I can talk about a half an hour about just about anything. The I don't email. know if it's going to be valid, but I can talk a half hour about it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it might be gobbledygook, and hmm. I'm going to fucking derail it 30 seconds in to talk about Macho Man Randy Savage or something that I actually know about. But... Absolutely. So
0: help me God, we'll mention it. Mm-hmm. It and, will come up. And if you want to hear us mention it, you can hear us on the podcast catchers. You can hear us on the Spotify, the Apples, and where all, all your good podcasts and ours are served. <laughs> and uh, give us the <laughs> give us the five stars or the you know at least a five word review. It helps us out on the algorithm amendments.
1: Yeah, and wherever you can subscribe to that that too. Yeah. do it, do, do it, do that, do that thing, do that, you fuckwits. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, sorry. I, and,
0: I, and we're going to look at... Oh, I do have a one addendum to last one. I mentioned Kaifanes and Joe Strummer in the same sentence. I was wrong. That was Los Fabulosos Cadillacs. Hmm. So. We Noted. We, we can stop now if you want. Noted, James. Thank you. Hey, we get to talk about shit I actually know about. Thank
1: you for extending it for that.
0: When nobody, nobody was listening to that and went, Oh, well, actually... I guarantee you that if we ever get listenership somebody's gonna well actually that motherfucker so
1: yep and to do that you can find us at all the places that James mentioned mm-hmm wrapping that up in a nice little bow yeah you can push the fucking button I will because it's gotten bad let's let's stop it push it let's just stop push the button whatever. just all of it want to push the button because I don't want to play role playing games so you, push the so you know what? God just four vomit you would, would be terrified place.